You're listening to WNHHLP, 103.5 FM New Haven, streaming live at www.newhavenindependent.org and broadcasting live from our offices on Elm Street. This is another episode of Law, Life, and Culture with Betsy Kim. Hello, I'm Betsy Kim on WNHH's 103.5 FM Law, Life, and Culture. If you've ever chewed on the idea of being a vegetarian for health, environmental, or ethical reasons, but chickened out for fear of suffering and nutrition, listen in. Tabitha Logan is one of the organizers of Compassion Fest's monthly vegan potluck at the Unitarian Universalist Society of New Haven. This month, it's on Saturday night, January 14th. Alyssa Alyssa Sherban is a registered dietitian with a master's in public health and is a certified diabetes educator. She works with Yale Health and also joins us today at our WNHH studio. Hello, Tabitha and Alyssa. Welcome to our program. Hi, thank you. It's great to be here. Hi, it's great to be here. First off, Tabitha, I understand Compassion Fest supports a vegetarian lifestyle. Why did you start this organization? Um, I wanted to start off by saying prior to Compassion Fest, I had no experience whatsoever um, with event planning. Um, so this made me feel really vulnerable. But once I gave myself per- permission to try something new and share my ideas with others, um, that's when Compassion Fest really started to take shape. Um, I'm interested in building a movement centered around community, equality, and kindness, and inclusiveness. And with those um, principles in in place, I feel it's only fair to um, add the animal kingdom in that notion. Uh, The way I like to describe Compassion Fest is it's not a vegan event. It's an event that happens to be vegan. It's all about compassion. Okay, so what is the difference between a vegetarian and a vegan? Um, I don't consider myself much of a spokesperson, spokesperson but in your for, understanding. Um, for all vegetarians or, um, and vegans, but I would like to bring awareness to two types of vegetarians that I know of. There's the ovo vegetarian. Uh, they avoid meat consumption, um, allows eggs in their diet, but not dairy. And then there's an ovo-lacto-vegetarian. They avoid meat consumption, um, but many allow eggs and dairy. Some vegetarians wear animal skins, such as leather and fur. Uh, some eat seafood, others don't. So Alyssa, I don't mean to interrupt, but <laughs> Alyssa, what, with your experience in different people's eating habits and styles, what is your understanding of the difference between vegetarianism and veganism from the people who come and see you? Um, those that are vegan are, um, they, they restrict all animal proteins. Um, so, and and even they restrict certain things that come from an animal. So even, you know, I have to be conscious of if I am recommending a supplement to them, where did that supplement come from? Was it derived from something, something animal based? Um, whereas the general term vegetarian could mean a lot of things as Tabitha pointed out. So, um, you know, there, there is differences with each person, what they decide to, to follow. Okay. So it's, but it is basically the idea of avoiding meat and animal products in either category. I would say so. For me, choosing a vegan lifestyle means avoiding any food products or entertainment that use um, or exploit animals in any way. 
Okay, so Tabitha, what is the most compelling reason you personally have kept to a vegetarian diet? Is it for the environment, for compassion, including animals, or your personal health? Personally, for me, um, I choose a vegan lifestyle for ethical reasons. Um, I'm a human uh, for animal rights. I believe, like us, animals desire to be loved and accepted. Um, I believe they have their own value fulfillment and shouldn't be used or looked at as commodities. Okay. So now, Alyssa, I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan, although sometimes I do feel qualms when I see living animals like cows or pigs. They can be really kind of cute, and it does make me a little sad. But I grew up believing animals were a necessary source of protein for nutrition. Can you comment on that? Sure. So that is actually a pretty common thought. Um, You know, animal protein is... It's a big part of the American diet, um, but that doesn't mean that a plant-based diet doesn't supply everything you need. Um, so you really um, can get a very healthy diet with just plant-based foods. And um, actually, you can often get additional nutrition, such as a higher fiber intake, higher folic acid, other vitamins like vitamin E, C, K, magnesium. You know, but- I've heard also that although there are non-animal sources of protein like quinoa or tofu, it is a different kind of protein. Is that true? And if so, how does it differ nutritionally? So the most basic building block of protein are amino acids. And you need 20 different types to build proteins in your body. Now, your body makes can make 11 of them on their own, but you need an additional nine different types of amino acids from foods. Now, uh, vegetarian foods supply some of them, but not all of them. Whereas an animal protein would be considered a complete protein and have all of it all at once. So it can be a little more challenging um, making sure you get enough of those essential amino acids in a typical day. Um, You just have to be a little more conscientious of it. So for example, how much tofu or vegetable protein needs to be consumed or a meal equivalent to just say a hamburger or a typical two-piece chicken meal at Popeye's? So you bring up a good point. So vegetarian sources of protein do have less protein. However, on the other side, animal protein that we eat often is extremely high in protein. So you, a hamburger, a typical hamburger these days may be five to six ounces and you can end up getting 30 to 40 grams of protein. Do you need all that? Not necessarily. Can too much protein be bad for your health? Absolutely. So if you consume excessive amounts of protein, um, your body has to work a little harder to process that. Um, But also what comes along with certain excess in animal protein is certain excesses of animal fats, which can be detrimental to your health. So how much protein do we need daily to be healthy? So actually, if you think of your overall diet and the calories you consume only about 10 to 15% of those need to be coming from protein. So, you know, what we've noticed over the last decade or so is high protein diets have become very popularized. So our view of what we need is actually skewed. Um, If you take your body weight, an easy way to think about it is about half of your body weight should come in, in the form of grams of protein. So if there's a 150 pound person, they need approximately, let's say 75 grams of protein per day. So um, something like you mentioned the tofu, in a half a cup, there's 10 grams. Uh, whereas I mentioned that that hamburger has 30 to 40 grams. 
But if you only need about 75 grams a day, you don't need that much per meal to meet your needs. So Tabitha, are you very conscious of the conscious of the level of protein that you are eating each day? Is that a concern of yours? Um, that isn't much of a concern for me. Um, I do take a vitamin B12 supplement and that, that seems to be enough for me. So Alyssa, are the requirements that you discussed regarding protein cumulative? Can I skip eating the protein, whether it's from vegetables or from animals, you know, for a few days and make it up at the end of the week? That's a really good question. So in the past, it was understood uh, that we needed to com- to combine these at a particular meal to meet our needs. But that's moved. We've moved away from that. And now it's understood that as long as you get enough of these in the course of a day, you should be fine. Oh, so it has to be within a day, though. It's not a thing that you can make up at the end of the week. Ideally, you want to shoot for a day. It's hard to say exactly, but at least it's not as strict as per meal, but it is um, probably in the course of a day would be a good way to think about it. So Tabitha, if you're not watching your protein content per day, do you ever feel that that has any other ramifications in how you feel or um, I, I find that over the years, um, I have been able to, um, uh, t- eat enough food, a lot of leafy greens and, uh, fruit and that, that seems to be enough for me. Is so, so we have our nutrition expert, <laughs> leafy greens, should Tabitha up her quinoa or tofu intake, you think? You know, I would say it's not so much about the protein that we have to be so worried about, but there are other nutrients that can be deficient in a vegan diet in particular. So those are the things we need to be aware of. As she mentioned, a B12 is an important one. It doesn't, it comes only from animal products. So you need to work at getting that into your diet in some way. So there's also, you know, about six other nutrients that are particular to vegan diets that you need to be conscientious of to make sure you're getting enough. So I wouldn't worry so much about protein, but I would think more about some of those other nutrients as we mentioned, B12 being one of them. So Tapitha, where do you get your B12 from? I take a B12 supplement. Are supplements as good as getting them from the basic food themselves? Mm -hmm. Well, you need to take them in some form that's outside the usual place because they're only found in animal products. So you can get them, they're supplemented in certain foods, like certain uh, milk substitutes will have additional uh, additional amounts of B12 in them. So if you did do a non-dairy milk, such as one in particular that I like, there's, there's flax milk um, and also hemp milk. And they both typically contain uh, or meet 25% of your needs for a cup of it. So if you chose to get it that way, and also um, it's found in some other food products sometimes, uh, but you do have to be more conscientious that way. So it's a little bit easier to rely on a, on a supplement in this case. Okay. So apart from my protein obsession, <laughs> I read on WebMD that research has shown that a vegan or vegetarian diet may be healthier in lowering the risk of getting type 2 diabetes. And that site said a 2011 study found that vegetarians had lower triglycerides, glucose levels, lower blood pressure, and body mass index BMI. Is that both of your understanding as well? 
Yes, there's yes. actually lots of research studies to back that up. That is one in particular. There's another uh, one that I'm familiar with that is a little more recent, re- recent that looked at Seventh-day Adventists, which is interesting. They are vegetarian for religious purposes. And they looked at over 70,000 um, Seventh-day Adventists and found that their rates of diabetes were significantly lower. Their rates of heart attack, stroke, significantly lower. So there really is a lot of research to back it up um, and many different studies. So Tabitha, take us back a little on your dietary history, if you don't mind. Can you tell us your trajectory in terms of when you became um, a vegan and what your how that has changed things in your life? Sure. Um, first off, I'd, uh, I'll start off uh Growing up, um, I did not live in uh, in a plant-based household at all whatsoever. Um, but once I made the connection, I was eating an animal. I didn't want to do it anymore. When I was a child, I used to say I didn't want to eat anything that had a face. <laughs> um, but I didn't become a vegetarian until I was about 15 years old. And then I slowly transitioned into a vegan lifestyle. Um, I think... Um, I and I th- I feel like I have more energy, more endurance. Um, I feel like um, I get clearer skin. Um, I just feel better. I think um, Chelsea Clinton became a vegetarian when she was about fifteen as well. <laughs> and, and yeah, she looks pretty healthy. <laughs> so, is there any special advice you can give to vegetarians and vegans to make sure they are eating right? Well, like I said, those sort of seven key nutrients that I focus on. The B12 we already talked a little bit about. Iron is a big one. Um, Meat sources contain a more easily absorbable type of iron. So um, non-meat sources are a little harder for your body to absorb. However, if you include citric acid like um, oranges or tomato along with um, iron sources, you know, found in beans or grains, that's more easy. uh, That's easier for your body to um, get the iron. Other things like calcium, um, that's a little more challenging because um, certain foods have um, like certain vegetables, it's harder for your body to get it. But certain greens actually have a little easier absorbable calcium, such as greens like kale or bok choy or Chinese cabbage. So, you know, not sticking with that same type of vegetable every day, varying it is probably a good way to, you know, help your body get what it needs. And for my special advice for vegans and carnivores alike, I'd say keep listening to our station, WNHH 103.5 FM in New Haven. But okay, Tabitha, taste is another concern of mine with vegetarian food. And some vegetarian food I've had is delicious, but others, I must frankly admit, you know, they have a reputation of being a little bland. And that has been my experience in some instances. Can you discuss this taste issue? Um, Yes, sure. Um, So my in my experience, I find vegan food um, full of flavor. Um, I think you just got to find what works for you. Go outside your comfort zone. Um, What I've done in the past is have parties at my house and say, hey, everybody, let's cook vegan. Let's see where this goes. And um, if you continue to challenge your taste buds, you never, you never know. You never know what you're gonna like. <laughs> Honestly, has it ever been a challenge finding good recipes? 
Well, uh, there is an app that's helped me quite a bit. It's called Is It Vegan? And you just go to the grocery store and you scan an item and it'll tell you whether or not it's vegan. Also, there's um, the happycow.net. This is a great site for people that are just starting off of um, being a vegetarian or thinking about transitioning into um, becoming a vegan. Um, There's recipes. Um, there's, um, other veg, veg curious people that you can connect with and ask for recipes. So Alyssa, do you go to any specific sites or have, uh, suggestions of how people can find tasty vegetarian recipes? Yes. Um, I actually, there's, there was a documentary out called Forks Over Knives. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but they actually have an app that's got some fantastic recipes and you can create shopping lists so you can get some and they have a very good visual pictures of the recipe, which is always enticing. Um, So I do like that one. And I also love one particular blog called Nutrition Stripped, who it's run by a registered dietitian who has fantastic recipes that are all vegan and just so appetizing again, um, lots of good pictures and visuals. So, because I think, you know, that's an, an important part of it. And then there's one other that I enjoy going to called the non-meat athletes, which, uh, is a, uh, I believe he's a vegan, uh, long distance runner and has some great recipes and ideas for incorporating res- um, vegan, uh, foods into your diet. Well, you seem very knowledgeable on this area as well. Is it for your patients or are you a vegetarian too? I consider myself more of a flexitarian. As I was mentioning to Tabitha before, I love going on a, on a date night with my husband is actually to a vegan restaurant because there's very little chance that I'm going to be able to prepare that amazing dish at home. So it's more of a special thing when I go out. Um, so yes, I do incorporate certain vegan meals into my diet, but I do eat meat as well. So I and I do a little bit of everything. Okay. So Alyssa, isn't taste a big aspect of nutrition? And does meat or protein provide a satiation factor that can make dieting easier and it satisfies a hunger urge? Yes. Yeah, so there's a lot of things that come into play in terms of satiety, taste, texture, even the calorie density of the meal, the visual appeal. Um, so you know, all that comes into play. And so you you really have to sort of balance that meal out and not have, you know, the same old thing or one type of food there. The more variety, the better. But when you when it comes to protein, there is something to that in that protein does satisfy you a little bit longer. So usually it takes your body several hours to digest that um, protein. So if you're eating less of it, you may find you're hungrier a little sooner, which is not a major problem as long as you're kind of planning for that. And if you eat a meal or snack every two to three hours, there's nothing wrong with that. You just got to be aware that that may be the case as you don't have as much protein at a given meal. Tabitha, you're quite trim, but to make vegetarian food tasty often is a lot of sugar or I'm not talking about vegan, but, you know, vegetarian food, a lot of butter or cream added. Um, well, in replacement of pro- for in replacement of processed sugar, I like using maple syrup. Um, grade B maple syrup in particular, it's a little bit darker, um, bolder in taste. Um, I grew up in New Hampshire, so that's what I'm used to using for sh- for um, so some sugar taste. Um, but I find that um, there are lots of st- substitutes for butter. There's olive oil, coconut oil, canola, almond, hazelnut, vegetable oil. Um, If you enjoy a creamy taste for dishes, um, I think cashews in oil is a great 
uh, way to get a creamy texture. Now, Alyssa, you're in good shape, too. You're trim as well. (laughs) But how about portion size to control caloric content? So I am a big believer in listening to your body's cues uh, for hunger and fullness um, versus controlling quantities of food. Usually when people are very restrictive with their diet and control the amount, it comes back to get them later. Often they find themselves overeating later later in the day. So if you're really paying attention to your body and listening to when you're, you know, hungry and satisfied and base your portioning off of that, you're going to be more successful. Now, Alyssa, you addressed the issue of variety in terms of nutrition and diet, but I pretty much eat the same thing every morning. It used to be this flax cereal that said it was high in some omega content and a protein um, on the outside of the box. And now it's oatmeal with blueberries. Almost every day, every morning I eat this. For health and weight, should I be mixing it up some? I find that breakfast can be a little boring. Just getting your meal in is sometimes a challenge in itself. So um, it sounds like obviously what you mentioned are pretty nutrient dense choices, although they may be repetitive. Whereas when it comes to lunch and dinner, that's where you want to mix it up more. Um, You want to really incorporate all different types of vegetables, various types of grains, because all of them, like I mentioned before, have a different profile in terms of their amino acids and their nutrient content. You guys probably don't even want to hear what I eat for lunch and dinner (laughs) or we're talking about vending machines and candy. But the um, anyhow, the monthly Compassion Fest vegan potluck, which for January will be on the 14th from 6 to 730 at the Unitarian Universalist Society at one at 608 Whitney. Um, that's 608 Whitney, I understand is open to the public. That's right. And how many people do you expect will be there? I never know um, how many attendees will show up. When it first started, it was about four people. And then over time went on, it could be as large as 41. The biggest event yet was uh, the Thanksgiving vegan potluck. There was about 41 people that showed up to that. So that was a nice surprise. Okay. Tomorrow you can make it 42 because <laughs> I plan on joining you there. Yay! But what will be the rules in cooking? Are there no eggs, no butter, no honey even? Or how stringent is this event in keeping to vegan restrictions? That's right. It's 100% vegan dishes. Um, if you're unsure about how to cook a vegan, um, I say just come, enjoy the company, talk to people, um, and you can help out in other ways. You can bring paper plates. <laughs> you can help clean up afterwards. Okay. <laughs> I always like that. Some nights I'm there very late. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Back to the subject of mixing it up with food. What are some of the dishes you think will be at the potluck tomorrow? Well, that's the wonderful thing about these potlucks. It's always a surprise. There are um, some foodies that come to these uh, vegan potlucks. And some of them are vegan or vegetarian, but they enjoy cooking that way. Um, I'm There's usually always a salad there. <laughs> but some people get really adventurous depending upon um, what month it is. Uh, they use what's available. Now, Alyssa, I know we're going to retread some of the things you might have uh, stated earlier in our conversation, but just to reiterate certain things, I know you often advise vegetarians. So can you underscore what is some of the best advice or key advice you provide? And are there vegetarian dishes that you know of and recommend that people make and eat? 
Um, so I think, again, going back to the variety so that you're kind of mixing in uh, of the various nutrients that you need throughout the course of your day. Um, there isn't one particular food that's optimal. Um, that variety is sort of more important. Although when it comes to grains, certainly whole grains provide a better nutrient profile and more of the vitamins that you need. So choosing more whole grains, which also will have a little more protein and definitely trying to incorporate legumes like beans, nuts, seeds, um, because they have, uh, you know, a wealth of great, great nutrients in them. And I don't know, again, if this is a misconception, but Alec Baldwin, I understand, is a vegetarian. And I think he's a rather big and burly guy, and he doesn't look like he's suffering from any protein deficiency. And that whole nervousness of not eating enough food, especially with men, I think, you just don't want them to turn manorexic. (laughs) I love that man. (laughs) He's wonderful. So is it different also for men in terms of what they need to look out to eat or what you've observed in terms of the different shapes and sizes of men who opt for a vegan or vegetarian lifestyle? I mean, I think men obviously require, they certainly require more calories, but, you know, Vegan meals are not necessarily low in calories. You get plenty of calories from carbohydrates um, and fats as well as some from protein. So, you know, as long as you're meeting your calorie needs, you're probably meeting your protein needs. As we mentioned, it's not as challenging as you think. Um, You certainly can maintain your weight without an issue um, following that. Is the truth that a lot of food is vegetarian and you don't need to necessarily go to a special section in the grocery store and make everything yourself and it's easier to be vegetarian than most people think? For example, you go to an Indian restaurant and a lot of the dishes are vegetarian and you can order from the vegetable section in a Chinese restaurant, right? Absolutely. I find um, even Mexican restaurants, uh, they can be really accommodating for uh, vegetarians and vegans. You just ask them to hold the sour cream and cheese and ask for lard free beans. Now, yeah, I don't think I'm in horrible shape or I think I'm pretty toned myself. <laughs> but, you know, Alyssa, maybe I overeat, but I feel like when I eat, the vegetable is a side dish just because that's what I grew up accustomed to. So, how much of my thinking should be shifted to vegetable being the main course? Do you? Well, actually, whether you're vegan or just vegetarian or not, vegetables should be the focus. So I don't know if you're familiar with the My Plate that's put out by the government, but it, you know, if you've looked at that, you can see that actually more than half of your meal is supposed to be comprised of vegetables and fruits. So everyone should be following that advice and maybe more so if you're vegetarian so that you get additional nutrients that you might be missing otherwise. So yeah, I think everyone could use that. Yeah, it used to be like the food pyramid mm-hmm. or what is it now? Is yeah, it now so it's a plate? called a plate, my plate. And you can even Google that myplate.org maybe is the, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but um, you'll see it's more of a visual of what your actual meal should look like versus your overall day. And certainly a bigger proportion should be coming from fruits and vegetables, no matter what diet you're following. So Tabo, what's the most satisfying aspect of these community potlucks of vegetarian vegan meals that you organize each month? I think bringing community together. Um, I think the di- that diversity, diversity that it brings um, and just opening up to each other and uh, finding what works for, for your diet. 
And so you started out your the conversation emphasizing that it was called a compassion fast, not a vegan fast. That's Do you right. want to explain a little bit more the compassion element of your event? Well, um, there are some activities at Compassion Fest that have really little to do with being uh, a vegan or vegetarian lifestyle. Um, for instance, there's something called the Time and Teepee there, which is on the festival grounds. That's for people that may um, have social anxiety and they just they want to go to community events but have trouble with that. So they go into this teepee just for meditation, just a time of peace, and then whenever they're ready, they can go back um, to out, out to the festival and interact. Well, that's very nice. And here's to starting off the new year with some more compassion and some healthier eating as well and trying to make the world a better place in some way. <laughs> so thank you, Alyssa Sherbin, nutritionist at Yale Health and Tabitha Logan, co-founder of Compassion Fest that hosts an annual vegan holiday bazaar as well. And also these monthly potlucks at the Unitarian Universalist Society at 608 Whitney Avenue. The next potluck again is scheduled for January 14th from six o'clock to 7.30. And you can also follow Compassion Fest on Facebook. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us on WNHH 103.5 FM for Law, Life and Culture. Thank you.